0: I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I'm joined today by one of my 12-month coaching clients, Zeddy Morgan. Zeddy is the owner of Zippy PT Myofascial Release, located in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Zeddy, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, this is so fun. Why don't we start with you just kind of telling us your journey to becoming an MFR therapist?
1: Okay, so I am a physical therapist. I obviously trained in England, and I've been a PT since 96. So almost 30 years and uh, most of the time I was an in inpatient PT and then I never quite felt really comfortable. When I moved here from the England to the States, I really couldn't find the job that I wanted. So I just grabbed any old job and um, I kept kind of coming up with a lack of motivation, a feeling that nothing was really working for me. But then my husband and I started a family and in order to get pregnant, I was having a lot of problems, there was a lot of stress involved and I ended up quitting the job that I had because I needed to just calm, calm the heck down <laughs> and then so I started having kids and I was just staying at home with them but I started having back pain myself from carrying babies and all that kind of fun stuff and uh, I searched out I'd actually received one of John's pamphlets through the mail while I was pregnant or looking after my little tiny baby the first one and thought, oh, that sounds like great therapy. That sounds really good and kind of put it aside. That was the first time I came across it. And then a friend of mine was having trouble and she said, I'm having all this pain and whatever. And I said, it sounds like you need this stuff called myofascial release. I don't know anything about it, but look for myofascial release therapist. She found one in uh, the next town over. And so when I was having my pain, I called her and said, did you ever find that MFR therapist? So that's how I ended up seeing an MFR therapist for my back, and she was the one who said, you got to go and do MFR1. She said, you, for sure, you would, you're you responding really well to this work, you got to go do it. So that's how I got into my fascial release, and she actually encouraged me to then go to the study groups, even though I wasn't working. And I met some people in the area, and one of them had a clinic. She'd just broken her ankle and was uh, non-weight-bearing, she asked me to come and fill in for a few months, and I started working there with her. So I worked at her clinic. That was a PT clinic that came from a myofascial release aspect It did a lot of myofascial release, but it was built as a PT clinic. So then we were taking insurance claims and Medicare claims and stuff, and that was just a lot of paperwork. And it seemed like we were kind of almost lying in order to get reimbursed because nobody wanted to reimburse MFR at that time. Mm-hmm. anyway then I went back over to my first MFR therapist she'd opened a clinic herself and was gathering like-minded therapists so I started working at her place a couple of days a week so I really enjoyed that because with small kids I didn't have to think I just had to show up for my clients and that was really great and my family were big uh, sailors and travelers so we took off for about a year uh when my kids were little so I just left went sailing for a year and then came back and wonderful woman she just was like come back come back and you know accepted and had me come back yeah and then a couple years later we took off again that's so fun yeah it was really fun okay so we got up to alaska and i couldn't work in alaska because getting your license up there takes forever and we were planning on only being there for about a year before leaving again so it just wasn't worth going through that whole process Mm-hmm. And then I came back from Alaska in 2020 and thought, I should really get a job. And so I went back to work for a little bit in the clinic where I'd been before, but I wasn't getting the clients that I wanted. I wasn't involved in finding my own clients so much. And, you know, I was the only PT there. There's a lot of everyone else was uh, massage therapists. Not that that really mattered, but they were also doing like massage and they were doing there were all kinds of different therapies going on as well, though primarily my flash release. So I decided that I would try and get a job as a PT somewhere, just as, you know, for a short while. I started applying for jobs. I could not find a job that would have me because they were like, well, you've been a PT for 20 plus years. We can't afford to pay you the rate that you're supposed to have. This is an entry level job. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I don't care. So I got so frustrated. I even got turned down from a job that I had done 15 years earlier because they said they didn't want to employ me because I had all this theoretical experience. I'd been doing MFR and traveling, so I really didn't have it. And that was when I decided to start my own business. And I was going to have to do it mobile because I don't have anywhere in my house that I could make into a, a treatment room. Mm-hmm. So that's where ZPPT came from. Okay. And it was going to be sort of like with an MFR lean, like any hands-on treatment, any pain treatment I was going to do, I was going to definitely do myofascial release. But I also did like wellness programs for people who were kind of housebound or whatever. And then people would call me in for typical kind of home health stuff that uh, wasn't being covered by insurance and stuff. So that's where I was when I found you on the podcast. And I just, I found you, I want to say it was like. The winter of 21 22 mm-hmm. and I just started listening to all of the episodes and um at the time I was driving three to four hours a week with just non-stop and I just listened to your podcast exclusively and I started putting into practice a lot of the stuff that you suggested in those podcasts And I was like this is good this is good and I would hear you talking about you know everything and I just was like, oh, that's not for me, though, because I'm just a stay-at-home mom doing a little bit of... Ah,
0: I love that. that right? Yeah, that was the thought. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. This is just a hobby-jabby. So what changed? What made you sign up?
1: That's a really good question. I started thinking about staying in one place, and I started looking into finding a place. I looked at some buildings that were... On sale. There's no way, like I couldn't do that. Started looking for rooms, couldn't find anything. Um, and I mentioned it to my own doctor, who had been referring me a lot of her clients, a lot of her patients, and she said, "Oh well, you could just use one of our rooms." So we set up something very casual. I was just at the time I was like, there are some people who really don't want me coming to their house, or they don't have a good setup at home where they can just really be quiet and not be interrupted by people and dogs. Yeah so it was around that sort of time i started seeing one or two clients there but i really had started to feel like maybe i should move into just staying in one place and have people come to me it'd been a couple of years of being mobile and i like driving around and you know being out and about i don't particularly like staying in one place but it was just a hassle you know carrying my table in and out every time and i remember i can picture the time that i signed up vividly i I arrived at one of my kids' sailing regattas. They were out on the water, and I was, you're supposed to have a parent there all the time. So my husband and I would switch off, mm-hmm. and uh, he needed to go to work. So I arrived with my laptop, and I sat in the shade watching the kids sailing with my laptop. And the first email that came up was your email about the 12 month program. I want to say it was probably early June last year. Yep, that's when I announced it. Yeah. And I read it, and I read it. It's like, oh, I have so many questions. Oh, the other thing was, I'd been seeing a therapist, I've been having some depression and anxiety in the last few years uh, for various different reasons. But I'd been seeing a therapist and it had been really helping. But I kept finding myself wanting to ask her questions, which some of them were like appropriate questions for, her, but some of them were questions that I was like, That's really not a therapist job, that's more of a like business coach type question, like m- my money stories and my like trying to figure out what I should do about this client or, you know, I'm like, okay, I clearly need a business coach now and I know the one I need. So I was sitting there at this regatta and I had my laptop open and I just kind of clicked sign up now. And I signed up and the whole thing went through and I was afterwards, I closed my laptop and went, well, that just happened. Oh my God. What did I just do? (laughs) We was like, boom, it was done. And so, yeah, it was just like one of those moments where everything came together. I'm like, this is what I need and signed up. There was not a lot of planning ahead. Obviously, it had been like turning over in my mind that I needed something. And I it just kept popping into my mind that something was needed. But I kept holding back. Yeah. Because I felt like this is not for me. I'm not looking to make six figures a year. I'm more of a mom who does this on the side. But I really loved it. I mean, I felt... Opening my own business has been one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. And I have three daughters and letting them see me doing something new and struggling and then figuring stuff out. They're such—they're my biggest supporters. They just like, oh, good job, mom.
0: Oh, yeah. I think our kids love seeing us win. Like, yes. I don't know if you've ever thought like this or seen other women doing this. And I think in our community, it's pretty prevalent of MFR therapists is like being... Okay with having your job. It's one thing, but the priority is your family and your kids. And then we never, or it takes us a while to understand that our job and our success in our job doesn't have to come at the cost of our family and kids. Like we can do both and we don't have to do either one perfectly to make it okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it comes at the cost of the tidiness and organization of my house but not of my kids. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's
0: always, you know, it's like, I always get in these conversations about people like, Oh, I need more balance in my life. And I'm like, I don't really think that there is such thing as balance. I think there's give and take and in different seasons, we're more focused on one thing or the other, but you can have a really high enjoyment level of all the things you're doing when you decide to do it on purpose. And you're like, okay with, you know, letting some things go or figuring out how to make it go smoother. So I think that's fun that you brought that up. I'm super jazzed that you were listening to the podcast and it was resonating and you're able to put things into action. What do you think now after being an avid podcast listener, now a member of the podcast Mm -hmm. and a member of coaching, has it been more helpful to be in coaching than to just listen to the podcast?
1: 100%.
0: Enrollment for my 12 month coaching program starts January 31st. And to kick things off, we're having a live call that's happening at noon central. So that's right. Mark your calendars off for noon central time zone, January 31st. To register for that call, go to www.themfrcoach.com forward slash live call. During that call, you can ask me anything, and I'm bringing a panel of current coaching clients to spill all the details about what it's really like inside the program when you get coached by me. Hear their real results, their real struggles, and ask them any kind of question that you have. They're gonna answer it, and so will I. When you attend this live call, I'm also going to be giving you a very special bonus when you join the coaching program. This special bonus is only going to be available if you attend that call live. So go and register at www.themfrcoach.com forward slash live call. Lock off your schedule for January 31st at noon central and start writing down those questions. I'll see you at the end of the
1: month. I raised my rate. I didn't do raise your rate bootcamp. I probably should have done, but I raised my rate. I listened to your podcast and I was like, well, that makes sense. Let's do this thing. Yeah. But I didn't do it based on numbers per se at the time. I, I think I put it up. I think I wrote down, I put my rate up in June of 2022. And at the time I didn't really have many expenses to take into account. I was mobile and I didn't really have any goals for what I was going to do with my money per se I was at 120 an hour, which when I put it into a package, it went to hundred. Yeah. Yikes. Right. Well, but I had come from the clinic that I worked in. People were being charged $75 an hour and I was getting maybe, we're getting a decent chunk of it. I was getting like $45 of that, but still.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering how that clinic stays in business.
1: Yikes. Well, I love them very much, but I don't think they make an enormous amount of money. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, it's a different town. And I know things in that town are less expensive, but it was it was hard for me to go out on my own as a not desperately seasoned MFR therapist. I mean, I'd been doing it for a long time, but hadn't had a lot of time with hands on bodies because mm-hmm. I was part time, et cetera. And so trying to set my rate, I just picked. I wanted round numbers. I wanted numbers that people could like connect with and easily remember. I just picked 120 and then it went down to 100 a session. So then when I raised it again, I went to 150, a single session. And I'd had a few people tell me that at the very beginning that I wasn't charging enough. And I was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and then again, somebody told me at 150 that I wasn't charging enough. And again, I went, that's crazy talk. But what I did when I made my package was that I put the package at 800, which brought the price down to 130. One thirty-three or something like that per session. And they did not like that because I was like, I don't want to discount myself. Yeah, this is not like a optional service that people can choose. And I have the same thing kind of when I do discounts and specials that kind of thing. I always have a like reservation. And do I really want to do this to get people through the door, or do I just want to stand by my product, stand by what I do? And not make it a fluctuating price. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like that. So eventually I stopped selling packages. But what I didn't realize was the whole process of figuring out. So if I'd done raise raise your rate bootcamp ahead of time or in your program, that's something that would have been much clearer to me. Yeah. And I would have figured out my, my costs and there would have been none of that. Like you call it the resentment rate as such a good term for it. Cause I resented anytime I didn't get $150 out of a session this is it's just niggle yeah it's just the subtlety it wasn't me being miserly but something in my mind was like oh you know it just wasn't what i wanted
0: i like that you brought that up because for people listening like if you check into your interactions with your clients And you have any of that like unsettledness or just you just get that whiff of like working for free or i don't like selling pack if you don't like selling packages it's only because you don't actually like your rate that's all it is and it's just a subtle tweak that you can make by really getting your facts and your data by going through raise your rate boot camp and then then you are fully aware of the choices that you're making and you're making your choices based on facts and data so it's much easier to Sell, I think, at whatever rate it is that you pick, because you're, you know, it's just so facts based and it's not emotionally based. So it's just much easier when clients have thoughts or anything about whatever you do. Like it's not your thought. Like you love it so much, they could literally say anything, and you're just like, "Thanks for your opinion." (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make you want to go change your rate. If you have a lot of thoughts about your rate,
1: it's probably not the right rate for you. Absolutely. Well, it's really funny because now I put my rate up after doing the Raise Your Rate Bootcamp in the 90-Day Foundation. I figured out that I wanted to make 150 a session, so I needed to raise it up so that I could get that out of my packages. Yeah. And I even bumped it up a little bit more to make it like more of a round number and to like definitely get 150. I think it goes up to 160 now. It's So my rate is now 180. mm mm-hmm. the packages are at 980 for six and the first couple of times that i told people what that rate was my new clients, so that was just for my new clients i just had to kind of blood it out and be out there with it rather than wait for them to say how much yep you know i was giving them the spiel got it out there and they're like okay i'll do a package let's book all six and what's happening
0: yeah cuz you've made it so valuable to get that package like it's such a high value service that you're doing and then and you get it you offer this discount like that's amazing right it's just I love that and i think you said something like the first time you sold it you just delivered it like it was the news
1: i mean inside it wasn't like it was the news no but i just said it out loud that's what you learn right like you learn
0: this idea of delivering it like the news the first few times you do deliver like the news, inside you're still freaking out. Like that's what coaching is for, right? It's for the yeah. actual freak out that you're having so you don't have it every time. So you can like expand your nervous system around who you've become in order to even have those words leave your mouth.
1: When I tell them that information, I've done a lot of the groundwork to sell them into thinking that this therapy is amazing and they're ready to sign up you know, before they come in on my website, they can see how much I can't remember if I've got a package price, but definitely the single session price. So they know what they're getting into. I never want to surprise people on that because, you know, if it's really way out of their budget, they're not for me or I'm not for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have a session, they feel amazing. I'm talking to them, explaining why and what. And then it just comes out and it's just no big deal. And they're just instantly like, yep, that sounds great. Yeah, and it's funny because the package thing. I'm amazed how willing people are to make that commitment once they've gone through the whole process with me. And I'm kind of a commitment phobe, not with people and other human beings, or not like that. But just I've always lived my life like, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing next week. I might not even be in the country. I've got to like pack a bag in five seconds I'm gone. Now that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, but that's kind of where I've always been. Has been. So, for me to have a fully booked schedule and for me to understand that people want that commitment and they want to book out, it's been a big change in me too. I realize now that I'm willing to pay for a package, I'm willing to book stuff out further afield. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, I still would have been caught up in that, like, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, and it's all mental. It's not, I mean, it's not factual at all. My circumstances, I have three kids in school in Wisconsin. I'm not about to jump on a plane to Borneo. Yeah. But at the same time. Just in case I want to. Never know. Sometimes they do want to. Three kids, three teenage kids. Yeah.
0: But I think too, the, one of the biggest flexes with having your own business and especially a business that where you're making money, you're setting yourself up to make lots of money is that you can actually have this increased spontaneousness, but it's like somewhat planned. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to know when I'm traveling for the next year so that I can get fully booked around my travel. And then it's like you can have a more luxurious experience. And if you decide you're going to close your business for a week, you can do so knowing exactly how to move clients and exactly how to communicate with them. So it's not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah. I did that over Christmas and New Year. That was the first time. I mean, I I have weeks where I in the past where I didn't have any clients, but that wasn't necessarily planned. That was just, yeah, just my schedule. Right. But this year I decided my kids had off that one week between Christmas and new year. I just decided I'm not going to work this time. I'm not going to allow myself even to have that schedule available. And, um, it was so awesome. It was just so nice. Did you have
0: to move people in order to do that?
1: No, I made that decision far enough. So I'm not booked out Mm -hmm. very far, but I made it when did I make that decision? Probably in October already that I was just not going to work that week. So as people booking out their sessions, I would just say, well, I'm not working this week, but we can get you in the week after. And so a bunch of my clients had bought uh, packages of six where they would have gone through that week if they had wanted to. And they just booked the next two weeks or the next week or so.
0: Yeah, it was great. It's so fun to know like that you're coming back to clients. You can, you can take any amount of time off and set yourself up to come back to clients. Let's talk about I think you celebrated a win like your very first fully booked week. Yes, in the group, do you want to tell me how that happened and what that experience was like?
1: Yeah, so I work in my office, I also occasionally go and do treatment at a a drug and alcohol rehabilitation, residential rehabilitation place, which I absolutely love. I love working with people. But it's really not, maybe I'll see them two or three times. And then I tell them where to find another MIFA special release in in their area once they leave, set them up up with self-treatment and stuff. So it's not a very regular process. But these clients pop in whenever they're there. They never really know. And so the first time I got it, I had three clients from there, just all of a sudden out of the blue. And I hadn't had anyone for like three months. So that was how I created my fully booked week. So I was like, well, yeah, it wasn't really fully booked because I had those people. (laughs) what do you mean clients are clients right and I have to drive there they have a massage room that I use yeah I have to drive there and then drive back so it takes up a chunk of my day and stuff but that was my first week but then so the following week or the week after that I had a another fully booked week that was not based on those clients at all and then I was like okay it's not a fluke I can do this yeah for sure And I haven't had another week where I've been fully, fully booked, but I've had almost fully booked weeks
0: and it feels great. I love that. And does it matter so much if it's fully, fully booked or like, because you've set your rate up the way you have and because you now know how to sell packages, like are you making pretty consistent money?
1: Yes, I'm making pretty consistent. Oh my gosh, since, okay. So when I joined the program in August, I had like 3 weeks of August I was in England visiting family which was wonderful but I was not seeing clients mm-hmm. and I maybe had one or two clients at that point anyway and then I came back September I had a week away with my husband he was traveling for work and I went with him and then nothing you know I was getting the kids settled into school and the whole thing was just it was not a good month for that but I just I kept coming to the sessions on Tuesdays the live coaching and Just showing up, I think I missed one session when I was in England because I didn't get the timing right.
0: (laughs) Time zones are a real bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just one though, I was there for three weeks. I got, I hit two on time. Yeah, good job. But that very first one, and I think we arrived on the Monday and it was the next day and I was still like super jet lagged on that kind of stuff, sorting my kids out. Yeah. But that's all I did towards this whole program. I would have like, there's the 90 day foundation, that I wanted to get to, but I couldn't. And so I was kind of beating myself up a little bit. Like maybe this is not for me, that maybe my life doesn't fit into this whole program, whatever. And then I think at the end of September, I started doing just blasting through the 90 Day Foundation. And then I think I got coached the first time. just made myself get coached. I was just like, I'm just going to put my hand up, get coached. But there's so much that I could get coached on at that point. And I'm like, I just have to do it. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of October, possibly, and then October, November and December were my highest performing months ever. And I had I hit five K for every single one of those. And I've never hit five K. I've never really got anywhere close. Wow. So when we did our quarterly, you know, you had us fill out our quarterly report just recently. I mean, my final quarter made more money than the first three quarters of the year. Combined. I mean, it was combined. Yeah, it's just amazing.
0: That's awesome. What does it feel like to be able to like make that much more money? How is that improving your life?
1: Oh, my gosh. So when I got coached, you told me that it was okay for me to get to pay myself because I wasn't paying myself anything. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how much money I was going to have coming in or anything. So you said pay yourself even if it's like start off really small and you said how much do you want to get paid and they said well i kind of like to get paid a thousand dollars a month to start with and i wanted to get paid because well i'm not the breadwinner in the family i don't pay the mortgage and the bills and stuff with three girls my husband's very much a man's man and he's like you know very functional. Everything's functional for him. He could care less about getting your nails done before a dance or a, a new shirt or a different color, whatever it is. Yeah. So I wanted to be able to pay myself so I can, I'm not a girly girl at all, but my girls are kind of girly girls and they like to do these things and it makes them feel good. It gives them confidence. And stuff. So I was like, I want to be able to give them some of these things without having to feel like I have to salt my husband's point of view, or like justify the cost of getting your nails. yeah, you could just do it because you want to, yeah, cause it's fun, right. So that. I've opened up a a checking account just for that money, and I pay into that checking account so that I can draw out of it uh, whenever I need to for that. And also it just sometimes it's just like easier, like with all the balancing of money and everything. it's just easier to have know how much money is in there, and I can use it for family items uh, things that we go through if the kids need money for a school trip or something I can take it out of there so it's it's really handy like that and then we did that amazing session with Gina Knox on money and saving six figures so then I started saving money as well knowing that I you said to figure out your costs for three months and include your pay into your running costs, which I wouldn't ever have thought to do. Like I previously, I calculated out my running costs. It was just the cost of my room, the cost of, you know, all the basic things for my business, but not paying myself. That was like last thought on, which of course, you know, women, mothers, whatever, you're the last person on the list, right?
0: Yeah, well, it just doesn't even occur to us that we're even on it.
1: No, exactly. Yeah. And so now I ha- always have three months worth of all my include costs in my bank account my checking account and in each month i've actually set up a day on my schedule like a section of my day on my schedule where i do money stuff it just says money stuff and that's i check my numbers go through and check my numbers and look at you know how you just all the analytics of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then i move the money from one account to the other that's my money day each month because otherwise i don't tend to do this stuff or like, it, I forget to do it. So those are some of the things that in the last three months, having that money has given me the ability to do that. And it's also like, I know what money I have now and I'm really paying attention to it.
0: That's so fun. We're going to have to do a follow-up episode like a year from now I'll be like, remember back when you had three, $5,000 months in a row and you started paying yourself? I just imagine like even three to six months from now when you're regularly fully booked all the time, like beyond the 5K months, Mm -hmm. how much you're able to increase your owner's pay and how much your savings account
1: increases. That's gonna be so fun. Oh yeah, we just did that goal session yesterday. Yeah, with Meg. Mm -hmm. And I set my goal as being, I want to make $5,000 a month every month for the next year.
0: That might not happen every month. For your owner's pay or for your business? No, just my business, like total. Yeah, imagine if your owner's pay
1: could be $5,000 a month. That would be insane. I like I haven't even thought about that. But I do recognize that there was a chance that some of my months might be less, but some of them, <laughs> them might be substantially more. Yeah. For sure. But then when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a full year of, of coaching left. I want to be able to look Back at the 2024 and celebrate with you, and it was, so then I'm like, okay, there's more coaching in my future. Clearly, yeah, please stay in coaching. Well, <laughs> I think that a lot of people
0: get into coaching and they're like, I'm just going to get in and get out. Like, I'm just missing like one or two things, so I'll just I'll find the right thing in the portal. I'll find the thing and then I'll be done. And it's one of those things. It's kind of like getting MFR treatment, and people are like, when are you done? When will I be mm-hmm. done with this thing? And it's Never like done you're just never done. And I I do think that having the right mindset coach, maybe it won't always be me, but I'm happy for it to be me. Having the right mindset coach, having the right coaching around money is only going to make you get to where you want to go faster and enjoy the process more. And also, I think it keeps you dreaming about things that you never opened yourself up to dream about. Like it just keeps the dream alive. And it also offers you opportunities to be like, oh. I want my months to be $5,000 months, but oh, Heather just like, let me borrow this thought Like I could have a $5,000 a month owner pay. I could have a $10,000 a month owner pay.
1: Mm-hmm. Just things that you've never considered before. Yeah, absolutely. And well, so this spring break, we're taking our kids and my eldest is a junior, but it's almost her last spring break with us. Yep, potentially, yep. if she goes on the senior <laughs> triples, yes. all. but well, so... We're taking them on a really great trip. And I said to my husband, I think my business can contribute a substantial portion of the cost for this trip. So let's make it a really good one. So we are, we're going to take them to Hawaii. Love it. And go scuba diving. And so that's my goal for the first quarter is to get that money saved and so that we can access it. But yeah. And I think the thing about the coaching program that drew me in particularly now, is that it is a 12-month program because I love this. The term that you use is life is just lifing. Life is never going to stop lifing. And as I mentioned to you before, my father right now is in hospice and is who knows what's when and how much time it's going to take me to recover from all of that whole process Yeah. when he passes. But I know that coaching isn't going to, I'm not going to miss out. There's always going to be, I'm going to get back to it whenever it is. And again, at the beginning, like, I just didn't have the brain space and the time to dedicate that first couple of months. But once I got into it, I, you know, and that's okay. Whereas if it totally. was a three month program, if I signed up for a three month program, and it at was, then I would have been like, Oh, no, I missed out all this stuff. And yeah. I- you know, it's like that three month program I used to do served its
0: purpose and was really good for the rounds and rounds that I did it. And then it was just, it just occurred to me one day, like, this could be so much better. And like, what would make it better? Definitely increasing the time, like increasing the access, you know, like making the price point lower and then just being willing to ride it out for the year. I think one of my biggest hesitations was like, well, what if I get bored? Or what if nobody signs up for, you know, like there were so many things in my mind about it, but I'm so glad like past me back in, I think it was like march april of last year when i made that decision she was really wise like good job heather (laughs) i'll pat myself on the back for that one because it's been wild i think and so rewarding for me to be able to you know this is the first we haven't even had the 12-month program for a full year yet right so everybody started in august and then we had people come in in november and we had people joining at the end of this month But for the people that joined in August, it's so fun that we now we've had like August, September, October, November, December, January, so six months and just to see how far people have come, what people have accomplished. And then at the same time, people have joined and I think sometimes like the shock of joining a program or like life starts to life, some people haven't done anything. And it's also just fine. Yeah, like if there's no race and like the tools and the access is there and the support is there for when you want to have it. And I set this up as a program that people can continually, you know, stay in, rejoin, you know, recommit to it. And then you get to a certain point point, then maybe you want to join the mastermind. Maybe you want to go beyond the 100K and do advanced selling. So it's really fun for me as the coach. It's been a wild journey. So I love it.
1: Yeah. The other nice thing is that you've got such a variety of people in their stages of business and you see people and like, I did this, I've got all this great win. And then a couple of months later, they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, and that's so reassuring. They're like, I hate everything. Yes. I hate, everything. I hate everything. Help me. I'm a mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. but then it's so great to see that. Then they back up again. So you see that in other people. and like, okay, it's not just me. One of the things that you helped me with the podcast was the imposter syndrome concept. and. Honestly, it was probably only two, three years ago that I realized that this was an actual thing that they called it something. I thought it was just me. Right, no, it's everybody. (laughs) I'm that much of a stuff like, it turns out everybody, but that podcast was an eye-opener. And honestly, having my own business and doing this and listening to that podcast, but the whole experience has almost 100% cleared up my imposter syndrome. Wow. Because I'm seeing myself achieve these things and it's just me. Me, myself, and I are running this business and it's thriving. I'm doing something right. And the more people I get through the door and I put my hands on them and work with them, the more I see how effective and real this work can be. And so that feeling of imposter syndrome, it's like one of those things where you're like, ah, that's the old me. <laughs> like, I remember that time. I thought I was so special that nobody else felt this way yeah she was
0: so cute yeah Yeah. (laughs) I love that when I'm going to be teaching a special bonus workshop on how to be an expert at MFR before you're actually expert through seminars because I think this is something that's really a struggle for MFR therapists is thinking that you are good enough to do the modality to treat your patients. And it's like, oh, I want to wait. And like, I want to take another seminar so that hopefully I feel confident enough to treat this patient that's coming in next week. And it's like, I want to encourage everybody to take the skills that you have, because John has done such a great way of crafting the seminars and the techniques that are taught at the seminars that you walk away with more than enough skills to treat anyone who walks in your door. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And we really have to lean into that and trust his process and his, like the way he crafted his seminars, right? Was so that you could be the best therapist possible, not so that you have to wait until you graduate from some made up thing before you can do it. Yeah. And a lot of us make the mistake of like, well, I need to be advanced. I need to be intermediate. I need to be expert before I can see patients. And it's like, see patients now. You're the expert in the room now. And you become expert through the hands on process and like allowing yourself to be even bad at it before you're good. Cause even a bad MFR therapist is probably better than someone who doesn't have any MFR behind them.
1: Right. The way that I learned MFR, because it was so spread out over many years, because I wasn't working full time and earning enough money for these seminars, all that kind of stuff. I think it helped me realize the fact that as long as you have the MFR principles and you use your touch, that you can actually make a huge difference. I mean, I was a novice until, I was a novice for 15 years, but I was working in MFR, doing MFR therapy, because I would just look at the person, okay, they're tight here. They need to release here. They were like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to use my hands to create, What needs to happen and all that kind of stuff. I didn't have all the techniques, but I didn't need all of the techniques. Now, every time I learn more techniques, I'm like, "This is a great technique." Yeah. But I didn't need that to make a difference to somebody's, you know, pain. And so that has been very beneficial for me. But yeah, there's no certification. You can be like, "I got this." You know, I'm proficient in this. It's a lot of self belief,
0: without a doubt. It's totally comes from you because I have sometime I'll share the picture of like I at one time got all of my like one time through all of the seminars things like framed into one frame on a wall takes up a huge wall it's big and then on top of that I have a giant cabinet full of all of my certificates because I've taken every seminar multiple times fascial pelvis maybe 10 times whatever I'm addicted me too (laughs) there was this time I've talked about this on the podcast before where like I left MFR three for the first time and I was like disheartened that my imposter syndrome didn't leave it's like I got there and I thought oh I'm gonna get here and then I'm gonna feel better about myself like my life is gonna be better all these things not true turns out wherever you go, you're still the same person when you get there, if you don't work to change or improve or or question any of the ways you see yourself. So that was like really depressing for me. And I, I just have so much empathy for therapists who are going through any kind of imposter syndrome, whether you're at expert level, or whether you're brand new, because it's not necessary. It's natural. But I just want people to know that They don't have to wait to get support to get through that. And the sooner you can honor your novice skills and start using them and not being afraid of your clients because you're a novice, the sooner you can get expert level results for your clients because you show up like an expert in the room, not afraid to do your techniques.
1: Yeah, I think since I've had my business in a room and I've made it feel like me and I've been doing this coaching and getting ways of thinking about things that come up, that my imposter syndrome isn't nearly the problem. I do. I feel like I am the expert in the room. And I, it's funny, I say these things to other people, like, well, you're the expert in the room. Yeah. And I just today, so I got a request for an appointment today. And I was like, oh, this is the hundredth monkey. Do you know the hundredth monkey story? Yeah, if that's from like from my first seminar, I swear, but I don't I haven't heard it since. I'm now getting clients that don't know any of my other clients that don't know me. And they just turn up on my website and they book an appointment without ever talking to me. Right. And that's like, how is that happening? I don't like it's just happening.
0: Yeah. Well, and you've done like, I don't want to discredit though, all the things that you've done, right? Like you've done the things to be findable. And so like when the hundredth monkey wants to find you, like it just pops into their head, right? Cause they've seen it, whatever they find you, Yeah. but they can't find you. If you don't have the online booking, you don't have a website, you don't have a Google listing. And I know you've had Google listing drama, right?
1: So much. (laughs) This is
0: happening even without a Google listing. So yes, it's not even about like showing up, perfectly online. It's about being there at all so that the opportunity is there for people to find you and book, which I love. I feel like I have this hundredth monkey story. I've been like trying to tell my other coach friends about it, about how I'm like, I'm about ready to have a hundred people in my program. And I feel like when we get to the hundred person mark, you know, like the momentum has already been created. And now it's like, no matter what in 2024, there will be a hundred people in the coaching program at one time, which like, blows my mind and then Mm -hmm. what if we hit 200 or 300 people like it just changes the face of our profession because if 300 MFR therapists are out there creating six-figure businesses what is that doing to the world
1: it's brilliant yeah
0: it blows my mind
1: and so there's a lot of things that have happened since making my decision to join your program that I swear that you are the organizer of the universe like i do something and something (laughs) happens well i'm not gonna be able to fit out my door
0: after this my head's so big
1: (laughs) no but you know like you've got little like little puppet strings you're like oh Zeti just posted on social media here's a new client here you go Zeti. yeah but it's every time that i put myself out there that i do something that feels weird and a lot of the social media and the website stuff, it feels like you're just putting this spewing this stuff out into the universe and thinking, what am I doing this for? This looks terrible. What's the point? And then somebody comes in, they do see that you've done that. And it might not be connected exactly to your action, but something happens that makes you feel like this is worth doing because something is coming into it. And the same thing for when I put up my prices, in my mind I was like, okay, the next person coming in. I'm going to charge them this new price. Well, literally within three or four days of me making that decision, somebody came in and challenged me to make that decision and and put that out there. And then they told a friend within the same day of them coming in, therefore she told her friend and her friend booked an appointment. Like it was boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, okay, thank you, universe. Or thank you, Heather.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well,
1: it just is true.
0: Like, I think the more mindset work you do where you like have the thought, I'm going to just do these things. And the intention is, is that people find you but you're not tied to it in a way where like, if nobody does, then you decide that you're a failure. There's a subset of people that they do something they want instant gratification, if they don't get the instant gratification, then they're a failure. That's terrible. And that's why I like to be in the mix because I can coach you through that. It's not helpful to think that you're a failure. And then, yeah, you put yourself out there. It feels awkward. It feels weird. It's messy, whatever. You get better at it over time. And the thing is, is people don't need you to show up in perfection. People actually like you to be a little messy. Like, you know, they want to be able to relate to you. And they really just want to be able to find you and book online. That's literally all they want. So even if it's messy, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of my shit is messy. <laughs> it's just like, he's meal together, you know? You don't know what you don't know until you know it and then yeah. when you know something new you have a choice to make something different or better or love how it is and it's fine you know you get to decide how much time you want to spend on that stuff
1: the one thing that i haven't yet had is any one book from finding me on the directory so i'm on the directory i did that back i think in september
0: Mm -hmm. But it's
1: possible that this new client is from the directory. And I just don't know yet. So we'll see. I'm just going to put it out there into the universe Heather, Yes, you're waiting. Yeah. And the thing is with that, I like to think about the
0: directory in a couple of different ways. One of them is, is it a professional resource? So I like to think about it as if someone asked me, who do you recommend? Or whatever, and wherever they're at. Cause I have contacts from all over the world, right? That are asking my opinion now about who they should see for MFR, which is wild to me. People contact me from all over. And I'm like, well, let me see who's on the directory. If you're not there, I can't give that recommendation because now there are so many people in my coaching program. I don't know everybody like where they live. Like it just occurred to me the other day, like we're probably going to be able to meet and have lunch someday soon because mm-hmm. you come to where I live for stuff for your kids. So it's like, that is fun. And also I talked to you, I've coached you, and it took me you know, six months to make that connection just because the community is getting so big. So it's get on the directory so that I can refer to you. Like I want to refer to everybody and I want to have that easy and simple access for all of us as colleagues to be able to find each other. I think it's actually more valuable colleague to colleague than it is just non-MFR human but also for the very smartest non-MFR humans to find us there. Like those are high value clients finding
1: us there. Absolutely. Well, and I have, I'm constantly referring uh, clients, like I said, from the rehab program, because they come from all over the country to do their rehab at this place. And I'm constantly referring people to that website, giving them a, I have a little card that I have that on when you're looking for more therapy, you know, to go to this website. So I'm putting it out into the world, so I'm sure it's going to come back to me. And honestly, when you look up my area for MFR, you do have on the directory, there are like five or six people within a half hour drive. So you have some choice. Yeah, that's awesome. But that's fine, too. It means that everybody who looks there is going to find somebody that suits themselves. You know, whatever they're looking for, they're going to find somebody in our area that works for them. You know, so that's not a problem at all.
0: No, and I actually think it's better for your business if there's more people in your area because everybody gets fully booked eventually if you're trying to on purpose. Like just even you, like the purposefulness that you've been putting in and making $5,000 a month in an area where there's five other therapists, like that's so badass.
1: More than five, five clinics. Some of them have multiple therapists.
0: Clinics, Yeah, see, so maybe it's 15 or 20 therapists in your area. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. You <laughs> have <laughs> to come down, book a hotel, run an Airbnb.
1: I Just will. Come down and the way around.
0: I actually have that like on my bucket list for this year is to fly in and out like all over the country to see clients of mine that are coaching with me and get treated for, you know, a long period of time. I'm flying to Chicago the first week in February and I'm going to get 12 hours with two therapists at the same time. Fly in, get all that treatment and fly home. I can't. It's going to be so fun, but yeah, I drive down to Waverly, Iowa, where Jonathan Wolf is. He's like two and a half hours, but yeah, wherever I go, it's like a five hour round trip situation for me. So
1: yeah. But well, I, I now see Erin Tauscher in Madison. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Erin. Yeah. I've been going to her for a couple of months now for MFR because I had heard her on your podcast yeah. ages ago and it was like, Erin's there and I know there's other people who are within a Yeah, place.
0: Deidre's there, too, from coaching. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm just like, yay!
0: that's so fun. OK, has anything changed for you since joining coaching about the amount of treatment you get for yourself or have you always been someone that gets treatment for yourself on purpose?
1: Yes, I am definitely getting more treatment on purpose. I started seeing Erin. I have a friend and mentor that I see and I started paying her regularly. And booking out as well. And it was driving to her, an appointment with her, where I had the epiphany of, I need to start offering packages again because I want to buy a package. I want to commit because I'm too flaky. Otherwise, I'll let time go by and go, oh, I should have been seeing somebody. I want to make that commitment for myself. So, therefore, I can ask other people to make that commitment. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm seeing those two people concurrently. And then I actually bought a uh, T for tea at when I was at Fascial Cranium, they had that thing where you could buy it and then book it later. I bought that. I did one of those, ah, got my credit card. But I did it. So now I just have to book that.
0: Yeah. I highly suggest getting that on your schedule just so you know when it's coming and you don't wait until you need it.
1: Yeah. It's in my definitely in my soon to be done list. Yeah. To do. That's so badass. I just love it.
0: There's so many things I'm proud about with like the outcomes of people being in my program, but okay, I'll just list some of the things. But it's like, it's that you are all or you're more likely to pay for and get treatment yourself than a lot of other therapists. And that you guys probably get the most amount of t for ts in a year. I have lots of clients that are getting t for ts that are there right now. And then what is the other thing? You guys are willing to pay for MFR. And I think That separates you from people that aren't. And the therapists that aren't paying for their own therapy, that are getting therapy only at seminars, are doing not only themselves and their bodies a disservice, but their patients a disservice. And it's also keeping you under earning and working towards burnout by behaving in that way. So that's one of my biggest things is really being a product of your product. And more willing you are to pay for it and get it yourself, the easier it is for you to also sell it.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, I used to, when I was working at the clinic, when there were four or five therapists there, we would try and set up trades. You know, the priority wasn't there.
0: Yeah, trades are not a priority. Yeah. like. mm.
1: And you had to sync two schedules and, you know, fit that in.
0: Yeah, it's work. It's not actual care, even though, you know, Mm -hmm. it is, but it isn't there's a subtle difference to it and maybe it's not even subtle it's kind of a big difference a trade versus paid for care I hate like having to give some like get a treatment and then give someone a treatment like it just ruins it for me
1: yeah for sure (laughs) the one therapist I see I treat her and she treats me but we pay each other yeah and is it on different days different days we have different rates it's is what it is
0: perfect yeah
1: and we meet for coffee so that we get all all our chatting is done at coffee another time so we're not we just treat each other
0: yeah that's good what's your experience been like going to seminars after being in coaching is that a different experience for you at all
1: yes i've only gone to one seminar since being in coaching i went to fascial cranium in november in nashville and yeah it was a very different focus I was much more relaxed about the experience i think for one thing and i'm not really sure why but it just i went by myself i didn't know anybody else there and i just kind of went to experience the techniques and it was i loved fascial cranium i mean i've been wanting to do that for ages but then i also had to do we i did rebounding and ct last year which i think a prerequisite so i was building up to get to fascial cranium i get migraines i've worked with a lot of people with head and your pain and so I was really looking forward to getting that into that one and it was fantastic. What was interesting this time going was looking around the room and normally I'm just craving that contact with other MFR therapists. And really when you're working, you don't have a lot of time to chit chat. No. And I'm a I'm an introvert and quite shy. So I'm walking up to other people with nobody else with me, like I feel awkward doing that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows who you are now, though.
0: I know. It makes it even more awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot hide, even though I'm like, I need to hide.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I had that feeling, like that sense of like, I don't have to make myself, meet. I did actually make, meet and make some really great friends while I was there, but there wasn't that urgency to connect. We need to connect because I think I had that. I have that each week when we sit and talk about our issues in life coaching, even if you don't get coached. So often when I've watched other people getting coached, I'm like, how did this happen? Because this is exactly applied to what's going on in my my life, my work right now. Mm -hmm. You watch people and I come away feeling better. Even though I haven't said a thing, you haven't told me anything. I just feel better about whatever's going on in life and work. And so approaching that seminar was really interesting. And then I had this kind of epiphany that you look around the seminar room. If you're not interacting with people, you have a lot of time to kind of people watch. And it's like, okay, there are so many different people in this room—different types, ages, education levels, or licenses, or different approaches—and you hear people ask questions, and you're like, why are they asking that question? Because it doesn't fit into how your brain works. And then you think, yes, oh, these are all MFR therapists. They're as different as all the people in the world. Therefore, everyone can find a therapist and a client that jives with their approach their personality, their way of being. Yeah. And that gave me that sense of like, there's so many clients out there that will want to see a person like me, Mm -hmm. like my particular brand of how I do things or whatever that will work out. So it was kind of a fun, like little epiphany that I had that it's like, we're not all the same. We don't all do things the same way.
0: Yeah. And it is so nice to create a business and an experience for yourself where you get to be you. Mm -hmm. like Not everybody is in this group, like everybody's charging the same rate, everybody works the same hours and has the same policies. Like that's really not how it is. It's like you get to just make it individual to you. Because what's enjoyable for you might sound terrible for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to have to do something just because someone told me to I want to do it my way and yeah, experience it my way. And I think it's a really good thing you pointed out is there are enough bodies for everybody. So even when you live in a town with 20 other therapists, there are plenty of bodies. Mm -hmm. I think someone else brought this up on a coaching call about living in a small town. And I think I said, if you went to the football stadium in your town, and everybody came, I was sitting in the bleachers, do you think 20 people would come and stand next to you? If you asked them to, it's kind of like Mm -hmm. asking for client, you know, like, can you create 20 clients? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, imagine what that would look like everybody in the stands and only 20 people coming? What about if 40 people came or 100 people came? Or what about if everybody in the town was just standing on the field with you? That's hundreds of people. In some towns, that's 1000s. And in some places, that's millions of people. We can't limit ourselves by our ideas of how small our town is, like put them all on the field with you. It's at least a soccer team. (laughs) It's not just you and your dog.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think you said It's just you and you do it your way. And it's definitely, there's a sense of self-actualization with owning my own business. I started my own business at 48. I wish I'd done it. Yeah, I wish I'd done it years ago and I could have done and I never did, but I'm doing it now. And it's perfect now, right? Like it's perfect. Mm -hmm. It's great timing. You know, I set my rate and I, then I have a client who is one of my kids' favorite teachers And she's a teacher and I love her and she really needs this work. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep her at my old rate, however long she's my client. And you know what? I can, because it's my business. It's my rate. Like nobody's telling me to change that. Yeah. And I think charging a rate, like a really good rate, you know,
0: charging that factual rate sets you up for that opportunity to be able to give out of wanting instead of like, I have to do this. And there's a completely different feeling between like, Oh, I should be doing this, I should give this discounted rate. And I just want to do this. And I can, you know, you don't have that like feeling in your body of like, Oh, I'm working for free. Or no free.
1: resentment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no resentment. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, we're at time. So is there anything else you would like to say to anyone or any last minute details you want to share with the audience before we wrap up?
1: I don't know. I wrote down a whole bunch of things, which you have to understand. I've never been somebody who makes lists or writes down thoughts or anything. Maybe you should share what you have written down. Well, exactly. Yes, I I, um, I wrote down things that changed since starting coaching. And we probably covered a bunch of these things. I am no longer mobile. I pay rent and it's not bar fee to me. I signed a lease last year and I am not freaking out. I've made my rate increase and I no longer resent the packages thanks to the raise your rate bootcamp. Most clients are buying packages either in the first session that they see me or the second. I don't feel ick when I ask for payment. Oh, I have a working capital account, my savings account. Right. That I pay myself. I think I, we've covered most of these stuff. Or yeah. well, I started the 12 month membership. You remember, I, I think I posted about that and you were like, I don't know if that's I decided to do it anyway. A 12-month membership. So it's like a package, but everyone gets one session a month. Mm -hmm. And then if they need to come in and see me more often, they have the same rate. Basically the 12-month rate. And it's working really well. And I only offer it to people that have come in a few times over the last year or two. But I get to lay eyes on them. And they get to feel my hands again. And be reminded of how good it feels.
0: Yeah. I kind of like though, when I say stuff like, oh, I wouldn't do that. And people do it anyway and make it work for them because you can make anything work. And then I will help you if this ever breaks or like quits working.
1: Yes. And I think the thing that clinched it for me with that was that I just thought if somebody else had that opportunity, I would sign up for it in an instant. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The cost is great. It's a great deal. And I I just feel like, you know, you also get kind of paid for your loyalty with a slightly bigger discount. And then you know that it's coming up. You have it in your mind. You have it in your schedule. You have yeah. it that you're going to see me. And then if you want to, if something happens, you just call and you get in again sooner. But it's in your mind. Like I said, I get to put my hands on you and you feel how much better you feel after one session. You're like, oh, maybe... I've had a couple of people come into the monthly session and go, actually let's book again for next week. Yeah, I love that.
0: These are the people that are gonna be like in a year or two from now, there's gonna be a time where your schedule doesn't allow for this. I'm just predicting for you. They're gonna be like, I was getting MFR from her for free. <laughs> like, And they're gonna be like, ah, I have to make my appointment so much sooner in advance. So I'm living for that
1: day. Okay, keep going on your list. I've been fully booked more than once and it's not a fluke. Some of my clients are booking appointments out up to six weeks. I'd never had anyone book more than one week out before like October. Love it. Yeah. I even have people who are currently in like Florida, they're snowbirds and they came to see me before they went. Then they booked stuff for when they came back at Christmas and new year. And while they yeah, were there, they smart. Booked for when they come back and the next time they come back and they just, they're preempting that and they're booking out. So that's kind of fun. I paid for my tea for tea and I've earned that money back. I love that's that. That's huge. It was such a scary thing to lay down that credit card and it left like a big chunk of my checking account. I used my checking account at the time and I paid for that. And I was like, oh, my checking account is almost nothing. And then whoop, it's come back. So I'm all happy again. Yep. I'm planning ahead without the fear of scarcity. So I'm not really worried if I go through a period of time where I don't have so many people because it just seems to keep happening. But even then, whereas before I'm like, oh no, what if nobody ever comes ever again? I don't have that fear so much anymore. So that's That's good. good. I no longer take it personally if a client cancels or ends therapy. I love that. That's a huge one. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Yeah, huge. I had one... Client who was actually a PT. So he tried to tell me how to do it, which is kind of interesting. Oh, I love people like that. Yeah. I think he said he trained in MFR. Sure. Or been to a seminar. He came to see me and he was all gung ho. He paid for his package and he never finished his package. And I haven't, he ghosted me. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> not your problem. Yeah. Not my problem. Nope. I reached out twice. He canceled because of sickness. So I reached out the following week And I reached out again at the end of that week. And then I just left it because he didn't bother to get back to me. So whatever. Yeah, it's okay. It's totally fine. I was so happy because I used to, I could feel my body getting nervous about him come each time he came in. I'm like, oh, what's he going to say to me now? Like, don't try and tell me how to do my job. I'd never said it to him like that. But he was just like, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I won't go into it. It just was so funny.
0: It's so such a relief to be able to like, handle anyone who walks in your room anything a client says or does and not make it mean anything has gone wrong and also not send you in a spin out
1: yeah well and it was sending me in a spin out so when the universe took him away I was like thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't have to deal with him and this might be an opportunity for you to really look into your policies that you have set up around that package And, you know, just make sure you know what you're going to do when or if he comes back or when or if he asks for a refund, like really, what are your policies? So you've got those in place.
1: Right. So when that happened, I did go into my policies and went through and made sure that it was all clear in there. And so I I tidied those up when that happened. And so I don't have have to worry about that. Perfect. The last one I said, I set up my number and money day in my calendar, which is huge for me because I'm very prone to avoiding that whole like thing. And I just I love I have simple practice and they have that analytics button. So you can pull up and you can set any parameter that you want and you can see how much you've earned in that time parameter and the number of appointments that you've had, which has been really great. I play with that regularly. I sort of go, Well how much did I make in this month last year? And it just tells me all the information. Love that. That's really fun the next thing I want to do is set up a time in my week, in my schedule to work on social media because I'm not great at doing that. And if I can limit the amount of time, it makes me create something in that amount of time and get it out there and posted. Whereas I tend to sit there and go, oh, it's gonna take me so long, I don't have enough time. And then I just don't do it. So if I have it in my schedule, I want to put it in the middle of a workday so that I don't have a way of making an excuse for getting out of it. Yeah. So I have a client coming for an hour or whatever, I take that time. I love that. And you can batch create your content where
0: like maybe you figure out uh, four or five things that you say to clients regularly. And then what you can do is you can take whatever that one thing is that you say or what you want them to learn, write out the words that you want. And then make five different graphics that are all related to that. And then you have five different posts, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do that in one hour. And then the next time you do it, you do it for another thing that you say, and then pretty soon you have a huge content bank that you can just pull from, set it and forget it.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's my goal.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. This has been so enjoyable and fun and I think so helpful for... The audience, especially this is gonna air when people are thinking about enrolling, enrollment is coming up. And so I hope that people will listen to this, see themselves in you and really make that decision just to join and then figure out how they're gonna make the program work for them once they're in there. It's that idea yeah. of like, oh, I can't do it. Or I'm waiting for life to settle down that stops a lot of people or I've gotta let my bank account catch up cause I've been to too many seminars or whatever. I really do think if you're in the program, you're going to learn how to make your bank account grow faster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going to have all these tools that you don't currently have access to.
1: And that's what, when you asked me to come in and do this, that was my thing was like, so many people need to know that they can just join and just wait until they have that time. And even if they don't manage to go to the live coaching calls, they, they can still watch them or they can, you know, it's. So flexible. I mean, it's beautiful like that. Yeah.
0: I listen to a lot of coaching calls like in the shower, in the car, or whatever, at basketball games. I'll have like one AirPod in and I'll be listening to something. <laughs> so
1: I'm back to doing that driving. So the driving I do is driving to uh teach adaptive skiing. And mm-hmm. it's just this long, boring dark journey. And I go, it's five o'clock that I have, I leave the house and then I'm back at like 11 o'clock at night. And so I need to listen to stuff that will keep me awake, like coaching calls, podcasts, those kind of things work the best. So yeah, that's, I'm back to listening to stuff over and over when I'm doing those, those drives. Awesome. Well, and there's like hundreds of hours of
0: content. So you almost never even get to the point where you're like, did I hear this already?
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love it. Where can people find you? Like, what's your website? My website is www.zippypt.com. So that's Z-I-P-P-Y-P-T.
0: Okay. that's
1: an easy one. Yep. And then are you also on Facebook and Instagram? I am. I am. And if you search for Zippy PT, I think it comes right up. I love your business name. It's so cute. I know. (laughs) I thought about changing it when I became more of a purist about MFR. I wanted to kind of lose the PT part of it at one point. And then I was like, well, but I am a PT and I have that approach mm-hmm. to it that's undeniable. And I like that part of me, but also like people call me Zippy. My clients will call me Zippy. I'm like, it's not my name. I thought it was your name for the longest time, <laughs> which is so funny. Well, that's why I use it. So yeah, Zippy PT so good. comes from when I was younger, like 25, and I was sailing around the world with my husband. And well, now husband, he wasn't my husband then. And we went diving, scuba diving, in the Pacific somewhere, I don't know Tonga or somewhere like that. And there was this dive master who got everybody else's name right, could not get Zetty. He was Dutch. Not that I think that was particularly the issue, because he got everybody else's name right, but mine. And he just started calling me Zippy, which everyone thought was hilarious. And from uh-huh. that moment on. I was Zippy, then it became this thing where if somebody spilled a drink on the boat or if something went wrong with a computer or something like that, people would say, oh, Zippy did it. And that became a catchphrase, "Was Zippy did it.
0: I love that, it's so cute. Like I just, it's just such a good name. You know, one thing you could consider is if you ever want like Zippy MFR to be your business or Zippy Myofascial fashion release, you could always just buy that URL like someone could type that in and, and it would redirect to zippypt.com or whatever. You know, you can have own one more than one URL and have them both direct to your website. So you're never really like ever locked into whatever name you have because there's just so many ways to make it still work for you if you want to make a change.
1: Yeah. I've become more comfortable with Zippy. I mean, it has such a deep seated meaning to me as well. It's not just something that I plucked out of the air. Although I I went, I picked it up again because I was mobile. So my first logo said Zippy PT and there are these little uh, wheels under the word and like little speed things like Zippy PT. I love it.
0: Yeah. It's like so many uses for it. It's so good. Yeah.
1: But the Zippy did it. When we started, when we came here and I got a sailboat and started racing, I called my sailboat Zippy did it. So Zippy did it. And I, I put the name on the back of the boat upside down so that if it was upside down, you'd still be able to read who it was. Zippy did it. Uh oh, Zippy did it. But also, yeah. when I won a race, then it was like, yay, Zippy did it. That's so, so this, cute. This is the once again, this Zippy did it. Like I did it. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. I think it's so fun when
0: names have meaning behind them. And, you know, and even if your name doesn't have meaning behind it, but this is like, this is really fun. So, how oh, good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show. People will look for you. The URL is in the show notes, ZippyPT.com. And yeah, I'll be back with another episode soon. See y'all later. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute and rate and review the podcast. I appreciate it. For more information, please follow me on Facebook and Instagram at the MFR coach and check out my website, www.themfrcoach.com for more information. If you are currently not working 20 hours or less and making six figures in your MFR business, I want to help you change that. Make sure you tune into the show and get on my email list so you never miss out on important trainings and information. To be the first to find out when we are enrolling next for my 12-month Business Foundation's coaching program, get on that email list at wwwvmfrcoachcom backslash join. Inside this program, you'll learn how to raise your rate, overcome objections, and sell MFR. You'll become the MFR therapist that never under-earns and never burns out. It's up to us to make MFR mainstream, and it starts with you and your successful MFR practice. See you next week.